Do we make the people that matter feel like they matter? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Talkless Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We're up to the Torah portion of Nusso, second Parsha in the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, and we're going to dedicate today's podcast to our listeners in the land of Israel and to all of your neighbors, friends, peers, everybody currently walking these streets and sleeping in the residences of the land of Israel and doing so in trepidation and difficulty and in crisis. And we join together listeners from around the world connected to us and this podcast, hopefully all praying for your security, your well-being, and that the merit of our Torah study serve you well and that this crisis should be behind us over quickly with security and peace returning and being restored and, and developed and enhanced within the land of Israel. Within the Parsha of Nasso, we have a very lengthy section that is on its surface very repetitive. We have the description of the gifts presented by the 12 tribes, the 12 Nesim, the heads of each of the 12 Shvatim, toward the uh, Mishkan dedication. And the Torah describes the offering of tribal leader number one. And for the sake of simplicity, we'll just describe it. Number one brings his set of ingredients of A, B, C, D, and E. And then we're told that tribal leader number two brought his set of ingredients of A, B, C, D, and E. Exact same ingredients, exact same measure. And then tribal leader number three brings his set of ingredients, A, B, C, D, and E. Again, same ingredients, same measure. And so too number four, and so too number five, and on and on, all 12. And if my mere description of what was happening started to sound redundant, how do we understand the Torah where every sentence is of significance, every word is of significance, every letter, every stroke on every letter is of significance? Why does the Torah spend so much time, so many lines, so much ink addressing the details, the repeated details of the tribal gifts? Now, truth be told, with very, very careful analysis, you can see some very, very subtle distinctions between the wording in a few of the paragraphs, and that itself triggers discussion in the Midrashim and the various commentaries. But again, in the basic read, it's very, very, very repetitive. Some commentaries point to the fact that what would the other option have been? The Torah could simply have said, the 12 tribal leaders brought the following gifts. Or it could have said, tribal leader number one brought A, B, C, D, and E, and that was repeated by numbers 2 through 12. But that would have reduced the focus on each individual tribal leader. That would have reduced our attention to the activity, the efforts of each tribal leader, reducing an individual to part of a set reducing an individual to just being a member of a group rather than his own self, that's reduction in kavod, a reduction in honor, in, in the human dignity and kavod. Dignity is a major focus of Torah, how we honor the other, how we are attentive to the other, never dismissing the value of the other. The story is told of Yitzchak Ochanan Specter known as the Rav of Kovna, mid-1800s Europe. Actually, his life spanned most of the 1800s, I believe. He was 
together with a few other leading sages, addressing an issue of concern. We know at least one of the other members sitting together with him was Rav Kamil, the rabbi of the city of Mir, major rabbinic authorities addressing a matter of, this, of importance. When the door bursts open and a student comes running in, Rabbi, Rabbi, referring to Rebbe, Rebbe, Rabbi Yitzchak Inspector, Yaakov, the student Yankel, Yaakov, he received an exemption from the draft. Thrilling news given that the draft was the draft into the Russian military. There was concern that the student Yankel was going to be drafted and drafting, being drafted into the Russian military was not three years in some cushy, comfortable military base. This was 10, 12, 15 years in the Russian military with almost impossible, uh, in terms of and no provisions provided for Jewish experience and Jewish education and Jewish fulfillment, and often with comrades who were far from sympathetic to your needs as a young Jewish rabbinical scholar, but themselves often very anti-Semitic, and great, great risk involved on money fronts, even before dealing with any military campaigns. And being exempted from that draft was great news. And Rabbi Yitzchel Khanan turns to the student who shared the great news and said, thank you, thank you so much for sharing that news. Such wonderful news. You should always be the bearer of good news. I appreciate your telling me this. And the student walks out beaming, thrilled that he was able to brighten the day of his Rebbe, Rabbi Specter, who had been very concerned over the plight of the student Yankel, and he felt his excitement and he felt the rabbi's gratitude. Back to the deliberations for which they were sitting at this meeting, and a few minutes later, a knock on the door, and a second student comes to share the same news. Rebbe, Rebbe, Yankel received an exemption to the draft. And Rabbi Specter's response That's thrilling! Thank you so much! not in any way hinting to the fact he was already aware of this information, but making the day of that second student who thinks he made the day of a respecter. And thank you so much. I appreciate your telling me this news. May you always be the bearer of good news. And the student again leaves beaming. Well, a few minutes later, this happened again. And then it happened again. And it happened six times. And those who were present attested to the fact the respecter's reaction to number six was like his reaction to number one. In no way letting on to the fact that he was fully aware of this, and this information was becoming rather repetitive, rather dry, rather disturbing. Here they had matters that they were discussing, and every moment of every specter's time was cherished, and yet interrupting what he's doing to make each of the students feel like they are the messenger, the angel sent from above to share this good news. They should walk away with the excitement. They should walk away with that sense of gratitude. And number six was like number one, excitement, appreciation, vigor, passion in, in terms of the reaction to that news. What does it take to be able to make somebody who's sharing information, which I know that already, feel like he is important. I don't know how, how many of you experienced the situation where somebody's about to tell you a joke that you have heard at least a hundred times. The joke that you heard when you were six years old, you know you're going to hear the joke again when you're 96 years old, but I'm hearing it now when I'm 56 years old. And I could deflate this joke teller by just 
calling out the punchline or saying, hey, everybody knows that joke. Or I could say, wow, thanks for, thanks for that funny line. Thanks for brightening my day. What would, what would be the tragedy for us to allow that party to feel that he has actually shared something novel with us, something new? Somebody is, again, whether it's sharing information, telling us the news, telling us over details that I just don't need to know, but there's no reason that I need to burst his bubble. I don't need to deflate his ego and his excitement in telling me this information. Now, truth be told, there may be cases in which I need to do so. He has to realize he's interrupting something in a manner that's not appropriate, spending more time in this topic than is appropriate and really should not be doing so. But again, if I'm managing to do so in an educational manner without embarrassing him, there may be situations in which that's appropriate. But if it's just, I don't want to be bugged, I'm not turning this into a learning moment. I'm just rejecting him, deflating him, negating him. That's anti-kavod. The Torah is teaching us, I'm going to dedicate extra sentences where I typically don't dedicate extra little strokes to a letter. I'll dedicate extra sentences to highlight the value of each of those Nassim, of each of those tribal leaders, because each one of them has his own unique reason to exist and reason to be, uh, to be noticed and for us to pay attention to his behavior. How much more so when it's our peer, our colleague, our child, our parent, our sibling, somebody who is sharing the family update, social news, the simcha information, God forbid, news about a tragedy. But if they feel that it's important and they feel they're doing us some type of favor or they simply feel good about being able to be the one to share this news, do I need to pull the, pull a plug on, on, you know, on, on their excitement and deflate them? Or can I allow them to feel good as that respecter did? Odds are we're not doing something more important than he was when they are, quote unquote, wasting our time. And what about the reverse? What about when we are dismissive of somebody, they'd like to be sharing the news and it's actually news that I do benefit from hearing. It's information that is appropriate for me to know. I don't know it yet, but I can't pull myself off of the screen, detach myself from what I'm doing to let them know that I appreciate them. I appreciate the information. I appreciate their presence. I appreciate their humanity. And I, I value who and what they are. The Torah is teaching us to be covered conscious, to be in tune to the fact that this person not only the information is of value, he or she are of value, and I should be attentive to them as well. Kavod, that notion of giving honor, is related to the Hebrew word kaved, having weight. That this, there's a certain value here. There's something significant here. The opposite, where we deflect, we make light of things. Kal, I treat it lightly. Kalus rosh is the term in Hebrew for being lightheaded, frivolous. It's not of meaning. We don't want people to feel that we treat them as light of meaning, as if they're just fluff floating in the air. We want that each one of them should feel that I treat them as having weight, uh, not overweight, having weight, having value, having substance, having what they stand for being meaningful in my lives. 
This message in the repetition of the Nesim, of those tribal leaders, I don't believe it's coincidental that the Parsha is always juxtaposed with the holiday of Shavuos. We walk out of the celebration of Torah, having received the Torah, having a new inspiration for the fact that as a nation, each and every member of the nation has a value. And as we are marching past Sinai, so to speak, post Shavuos, being reminded of this message that I have to recognize the value in every individual. Odds are, there are times that they will share information and there's nuance I didn't previously grasp. Sometimes someone's telling you over even a Torah thought. And yet it's a Torah thought. I've heard this Torah thought a dozen times, but there's a nuance that, hey, I didn't get that perspective until I heard the way he or she added a thought, added a line, added a comment. And whoa, that's a whole new world I had not previously grasped. And when it comes to the more mundane, okay, yeah, I know the social information, there's a piece, there's an aspect of information, something that I did not yet know, and it behooves us to be attentive. And if it's not the case, at least we'll be getting credit for Kavod, for giving that weight, that sense of purpose and a meaningful existence to the other party who's sharing that news. Taking this to heart, being people who become conscious of the need of that other to express and how how deflating it is if we simply negate the value of their message and how elevating it is when we make them feel like they are so special and how often it's a very easy task to do. It means a subtle degree of greater attentiveness in our part, stalling the extra 30 seconds before making our comment that will cut them short to let them finish their statement. And that's it. It's not going to be more taxing than that. And we have changed in experience from potentially being that callous, that negation of their value to something that is enhancing their value, making them feel special, accomplishing the covered theme that the Torah is preaching to us and making us all, all the more likely to achieve our tachlis.